from WBGO, this is Newark Today, your monthly look at what's happening in and around New Jersey's largest city. And now, here's your host, Michael Hill. Welcome to Newark Today. Once again, I'm your host, Michael Hill of NJ Spotlight News, coming to you live from the studios of WBGO 88.3 FM and online at WBGO.org. The number to call here is 844-677-9283. That's 844-677-9283. Dr. Mark Wade joins us now. He is the Director of Health and Community Wellness in the City of Newark. The mayor will join us shortly. What do you have to say about what's taking place in Newark and these drastic measures, as the mayor has described them, having an impact on citizens? Please give us a call, 844 even if you have a question for Dr. Wade and for the mayor. Uh, Mr. Mayor, Dr. Wade said the word fatigue. I've heard you say it too in this battle. Uh, There are people out there who think that, okay, I've worn the mask now for the last six, seven, eight months. I've done this now for the last six, seven or eight months. I've done this, I've done that. And then here it is. We seem to have an explosion of statistics with the coronavirus. What do you say to those people who who are fatigued? Well, I mean, we we knew this was coming. First of all, we were uh, forecasting this for some time uh, to get people prepared for the winter months that the cases would rise again. Uh, We had a a good little reprieve for the summer. uh, And now we're back at it again. Uh, In my estimation, this is this could possibly be the last time we go through this. By the grace of God, we just have to fight through these last few months. Uh, and, uh, you know, pray that this vaccine uh, comes and that people use it, use it and it, and it uh, helps to uh, mitigate or even uh, get rid of, you know, the, the need for us to do all of this. Um, and so this is the, the last bit of it. So we need people to, to, to hold the line, if you will, for the last few months uh, uh, and to be disciplined and, and, and make sure we make it through this and bring as many people uh, to 2021 as we can. What are some of the measures you're, you're instituting in and imposing on the city of Newark? Is there a curfew? Yeah, there's a specific curfew in three parts of the city. And a lot of people don't know that. They think it's just in their area. So, you know, I have I had a conversation with somebody who said, oh, you're just picking on the iron belt. Well, it's 07105, 07107, and 07104, which is, uh, you know, considerable more people are in 07107 and 07104 uh, is a larger amount of people than 07105, right? So uh, this, this is a significant area of the city that has a significant problem that is greater than the other areas of the city. Uh, and we have to do it this way, concentrate on this, on this, on these areas. One, I think it's smart for us to do it, but two, because we uh, don't, we just don't have the authority to do the kind of wide scale kind of things that we really need to do. Uh, for, for for the entire place, uh, but but we are we are uh, from Wednesday before Thanksgiving to December uh, the fourth. We are uh, uh, going to lock the city down. What does that mean? That that's a ten day period. What does that mean? Well, we want people to shelter in place for ten days. That's the that's the period that the. CDC gives us for people to quarantine themselves or isolate themselves. We want to be able to do that for 10 days. And we want only folks to come out for essential purposes. That's what we want uh, 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 during that time. And we want all of the businesses. And it's just not right. We have this serious talk about restaurants and and bars, but these are not the only businesses. Right. And I think it's pretty, uh, you know, and and we, we need these businesses, obviously, but I think it's uh, you know, we've been so self-centered. I mean, you know, they've been, many of them have been self-centered on that. And at the end of the day, you have uh, barbershops, beauty parlors, hair salons. If you own a theater, God knows you're in bad shape, uh, whether it's a movie theater or, or, or a physical theater. All of these businesses are impacted, but also other kind of commercial businesses as well uh, uh, need, need to do the same thing. Uh, the big corporations, the mid-sized businesses, all of these people, not just food places, but everybody. And so when you say this this uh, 10 day period, what does that mean? Does that mean uh, uh, don't go outside if you don't have to? Don't do that. That's what it means. That's exactly what it means. Do not go outside if you do not have to. 
Do not, uh, you know, mingle with other people if you don't have to, right? Stay to your family uh, and your immediate household. As a matter of fact, this thing has been hitting families. So a lot of these families should be quarantined, should be isolating themselves with their family anyway. That's what probably should be happening. Uh, and, 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 those, and those people who are waiting for tests should be quarantined, results should be quarantining with their family members or, or somewhere else. But, but ultimately, people need to, be, need, need to stay in unless they absolutely have to go somewhere in these 10 days. These are the 10 days that are right after Thanksgiving. Oh, so this after starts after Thanksgiving. Yes. One, one day before and the rest after. Do you think people will abide by this on, on Thanksgiving? Yes. Families love to get together on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And you know what? I think we keep putting the message out. We keep talking to people. I think Newarkers are conscientious. Uh, they did it before. They, 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 they slowed this thing down. And, and I think they have the, uh, the will and the authority to do it again. Uh, and, and of course, you're going to get people who uh, are opposed to it, who naysayers, people running around. Uh, somebody told me today I was lying to the people by telling them that, that, that this virus was, was spreading. You know, these people, they, they live in a, another world that I don't live in. And I can't, uh, you know, really get engaged with that. But I, I think most people in this town are going to uh, do what we ask them to do. Well, the number to call here on Newark today is 844-677-9283. We have on the line now Donna from Newark. Let's see if we can go to Donna. Donna, thank you for calling Newark today. What's your comment, question, or concern? I have a comment and a question. Hello, yes. Ross. How are you? I'm uh, fine. Thank you. I believe you're doing a wonderful job and thank keep you. doing what you're doing. Uh, my suggestion, I see, I ride the buses quite often, and I see that it's many people on the bus that are sitting right next to each other, standing up on top of each other, nowhere near uh, inches away. And people are coughing. The bus driver's constantly telling people to put their masks on or keep their masks on. It's a real problem. That is spreading the virus. And I'm yes. wondering, can you or maybe some of the other councilmen uh, talk to New Jersey Transit on these lines, the 24 line, the number one, the 39. It's, we, we need more buses on each line throughout North so that people can sit away from each other and not infect each other. And it's a really bad situation. Oh, I agree with you 100%. As a matter of fact, the first time around, we had to do the exact same thing. We had to get these people on the phone, talk to them, involve the governor's office. We're going to have to do the same thing. I've been saying it on the live that the, this public transportation is, has been a problem for us. One, because we're the essential workers and, and the bus is what's, what we're taking to go back and forth to work. And these buses are overcrowded because people cannot get, be late to work or they'll lose their job. Uh, and so the, they, we need more bus lines available. Uh, and, 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 and we just need to be able to enforce. And we had this discussion about, you know, the bus driver and other people being afraid to tell people to put on their mask because people have been getting violent, unfortunately, about people telling them to put on their mask. Uh, but we, we just have to do better. We don't have any, obviously, any jurisdiction over New Jersey Transit, but the state does. And, and we'll talk to them again uh, with the state. Absolutely. And th thank you for that call. Dr. Wade, when, when, you, when you hear this, uh, a, a caller who says that people are getting that close and they don't heed your advice, the mayor's advice, the CDC guidance on this, uh, as simple as wearing a mask, what does that tell you? I mean, we're eight, nine, ten months into this. Well, it, it tells me a couple of things. Uh, there, there are two issues. One is... Uh, the leaders of such businesses or systems uh, have to be more serious and line up with what's needed in our city. Uh, I, I actually wanted to applaud the, the caller because she not only raised the question or the statement, but she gave the answer. If you avail more buses, then people won't have to crowd on. Okay, there will be more space, but that's a business decision by the company. On, on the other side, we have to have the self-discipline and respect for others that we are not going to put them at risk just because we're in a hurry. I don't feel like waiting, et cetera. So there's a dual responsibility of uh, the one that the, the regular or average citizen can 
can control is their personal decision and responsibility. And then governmentally, uh, we, can, we can work with the, the organizations to, to have them come in line. Well, we'll, uh, we'll certainly look into this uh, as well to find out what's going on with that, because it seems like based on what the city is doing, the conversation we're having now, it seems like history from April and March and early May, history in October and November is repeating. Is that the case right. for you, Mr. Mayor? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's the exact case. Uh, it is repeating because the cases are the same. Uh, and the only thing that's different is the amount of deaths. And, and, and that has a lot to do with the population that's getting sick, but also has a lot to do with uh, what we know about the virus now and the doctors and their ability to fight this virus in such a way that they're saving people's lives and getting people out of the hospital, which is great. Before, all, all we had was ventilators, right? And, and the president yelling about hydrochloroquine or telling people to drink bleach. Uh, so uh, at this point, we are far removed from that uh, crazy place. And we're, we're at a place now where doctors have a handle on what they, what they need to do, at least to save most people's lives. But people are still succumbing to this virus in New Jersey. Uh, and the numbers are creeping up slowly. We, we, have to be, we have to be careful yes. not to assume that because at the moment the deaths are low, that that means that the virus is not as virulent or that we're safe because increased cases will become deaths in time, one. And, and positive cases become persons with traumatic uh, and negative health impact, you just don't get on the list of, of deaths. So it's, it's not innocuous. It's not like it, it, it doesn't count. And the, in, the number of hospitalizations, ER visits, and ICU visits are creeping up in all of our hospitals. You know, uh, Mr. Mayor, you used the word hoax. And uh, NPR reported this week, NPR News reported, Cases in out west in Montana and certainly in Idaho of people who had been sick with the virus had recovered. And when they recovered, either in that same hospital bed where they nearly, nearly died, and when they leave the hospital, when they're discharged, they still say that this virus is a hoax. And 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 one person said when she goes to the grocery store out there, and I imagine this is happening all, all over the country, that when she goes to the grocery store and she's wearing a mask, that there are other shoppers who look at her and, and snarl and everything and look at her angrily and even confront her and talk about her wearing a mask. It's insane, right? And there's really no word to, to describe it but that. And I think that that comes from our national message that and, and lack of leadership that's been put out there that has created so much doubt and confusion about what this is, uh, you know, the, the China flu, the all kinds of foolishness that, that has people believing these false narratives. There are people in Newark who who, who, who tell you, oh, the numbers are going up because we tested, we're testing more people. But that's something that they got from the president and everybody that's around him that says that, that pushed it down, down, down. It's all over social media. In the beginning, people were saying that, you know, 5G was causing this virus. So all, all of these things have contributed to, to, to this nonsense that, that we hear people discussing. And, and I hate to, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, uh, like that, but at the end of the day, that's what it is. It is it is a huge obstacle uh, in our way to to get people to do the necessary things to save their lives and protect their families, right? Uh, and and listen, I, we've lost six police officers. Two of them were my friends. Uh, you know, I have uh, uh, friends who go who've gone, who are, who are presently going back and forth to the hospital now uh, uh, with 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 COVID now, right? Uh, a very scary and dangerous uh, uh, stuff. And so I'm talking to a guy today who wants to insist that we're doing this uh, to get to be popular, which is probably very 
the one of the sickest things I ever heard of. Uh, there are actually people that we know who are no longer here uh, uh, that we're mourning. Uh, in New Jersey, some, some 60 people over the weekend die, right? And so uh, people who, who, who are saying these things are living in a fantasy world, and they just do not have a grip on what's happening uh, uh, in reality uh, in these communities. Uh, we have D on the line. She's called into us at 844-677-9283. D, thank you for calling. You're on Newark today. What's your question, your comment, or your concern? My question is related to the vaccine that is projected to actually be available early January or end of this year. Are there any plans to educate the residents of Newark on the vaccine um, to encourage them to take the vaccine uh, and eliminate any concerns that they may have? And the second question I have is that um, Previously, we had centers set up for testing of corona. Is there any plans to do that for the vaccine? Uh, so, yes, on all of that, we are about to, and I'll let Dr. Wade chime in, we're about to uh, uh, launch a education kind of campaign. We talked about it. We're going to begin having community meetings uh, to discuss uh, this uh, vaccine and everything else. And we are already presently putting together a plan uh, uh, so when it does arrive, we're able to distribute it properly uh, into the populations uh, based on the guidelines that are supposed to get it first, second, third, and so on. Dr. Wade. Dr. Wade. Yeah. Yeah. So to echo the mayor, yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, our, our first draft of a plan for Newark draft, uh, we, we're going to present to the mayor tomorrow. Uh, so we are uh, at, at his direction. Uh, uh, working hard to be uh, not only uh, above the curve, but to be able to position Newark so that we can receive uh, the first tranche early and be ready to distribute it appropriately. And along with that, we, we I agree, we have to educate our populace. You know, our residents have to move past fear, have to move past being rooted and stuck in the past treatment of our community, educated with the facts that will allow us to see that where we are now and the facts that are before us is different than 60 years ago. Uh, and so we're gonna be very vigilant with it. Uh, actually this morning with uh, Reverend Roundtree was on with uh, with 50 pastors to begin that educational process and to, to deal with that level of anxiety. You know, most of the time when people are afraid is because they are, they don't know. They're uneducated on the substance. They have no familiarity with it. And, and things that we don't understand, we tend to be afraid of. So we're going to have a massive effort to make sure everyone understands the data is presented. Then they can make a personal decision for their life. Uh, Dr. Wade, let me answer this. Can you give us uh, 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 any clues, any tidbits about what this draft is going to include that you're giving to the mayor tomorrow? Uh well, it's it's going to be an <laughs> it's going to be an outline of, of how we are going to receive the vaccine. Uh, you know, there are two vaccines. There's the Pfizer and the Moderna. The Pfizer uh, will probably hit the market, you know, in another uh, couple of three weeks uh, and be available to the state. The, the Moderna probably um, maybe a month later. Uh, the fire requires Pfizer vaccine requires much more special handling. You have to have ultra cold refrigeration. Um, it has to be diluted, uh, whereas the Moderna one uh, can use regular refrigeration. It doesn't have to be diluted. Uh, so laying those things out, as well as really focusing on how we will distribute it, where we will distribute it, how we can control the flow and do the appropriate reporting so that one, we're ready to receive, and two, we do it in excellence. So we will always be uh, in a place uh, to receive more when we ask for more. Now, are you expecting Pfizer and Moderna? Do you know how many, what kind of supply Newark might get from these? Uh, uh, not exactly, but some ballpark numbers. The state right now is supposed to receive uh, 260,000 doses. It's a, it's a two-shot Vaccine, so that means uh, for 130,000 individuals. 
Uh, there are five hospitals in the state that will be the primary recipients for the first tranche. And our university hospital is one of those five. So, you know, if you divide that by, by five, then that's the amount. If everybody got equally, I don't know that that would be the case, they would come to Newark. But the first distribution is going to be for hospitals. The second distribution of that first phase will then come to health departments and felony qualified health centers, et cetera, to deal with uh, medical care providers on the front line that are not in the hospital, first responders like police, fire, uh, um, um, sanitation, uh, frontline workers of all types, and then individuals, uh, our seniors, will then follow closely in terms of priority uh, and then individuals with underlying chronic illnesses. So there is a national and then state and, and will be a newer way of, of prioritizing. The goal is obviously to get vaccine to everyone. You know, we're not going to get uh, 285,000 doses the first day, right? But we will make sure that we're in place to get our fair share. Denise is on the line now. She's called us at 844, make sure I got the number here, 844-677-9283. Denise, you are on York today. What is your question, your comment, or your concern? Uh, yes, good evening. Uh, what I want to know is if and when I do receive the vaccine, um, will it be safe for me to, can I just move around like normal after that, go to the salons or wherever I want to go, not worry about uh, catching it? Uh, prayerfully in time, but individuals who receive the vaccine are, are will be asked, expected, directed to do the exact same things as those that what we're doing now. Okay, because it will not be time by the time we get the vaccine to really know um, how much immunity is is actually being um, uh, availed, and so we have to continue with our masks, be tested, etc. And over time, we will really see the impact of the, vac of the vaccine on mitigating the virus even further. Um, the national recommendation, which is therefore for the state and will be for Newark, is to immunize, the goal is to immunize 70% of the population in six months. Right. A very aggressive, a very aggressive uh, uh, goal. So for Newark, it means that we have to be extremely aggressive in our education of our community because it's an opportunity where there's a national mandate that communities that have been hardest hit, specifically inner city black and brown communities that, that have had the, the, the greatest negative impact are being poised to be first recipients. And we don't want to because of, of poor follow-through or a rejection of the opportunity to find ourselves at the end of the line. Donna, D, Denise, thank you very much for your, your comments and your questions. Dr. Wade, I want to follow up on that same thing with you, Mr. Mayor. So uh, Denise's question leads me to believe that there is thinking out there that if I get this vaccine, I don't have to, if I get this vaccine, I can change my behavior. I can go face to face with someone. I don't have to wear a mask anymore. Some of the protocols that are out there, well, I don't have to do those because, hey, I got a vaccine. Your thoughts, Mr. Mayor? I think people should be careful. I think the vaccine works kind of like the mask, right? So at the end of the day, the more people take it, the more effective it is in the community, right? And so the key is to get as many people as possible uh, uh, to, the, to the rate that Dr. Wade is saying to take the, the vaccine and, and then the vaccine becomes uh, that much more effective for us in our community. As 90 for, they're saying that, that the efficacy rate is 95%, right? Uh, uh, to create the antibodies uh, that that would fight the vac the fight the virus off, which is excellent, by the way. Uh, uh, that let that that high. I mean, if you compare that to the flu shot, I mean that is that's incredibly high. But at, at the at the end of the day, the more people who take it or who get it, the safer our community would be. So I think you do need to adhere to those protocols until we can get as many people to take this thing as humanly possible. Dr. Wade, your thoughts? Well, uh, I'll start with the moment of humor. 
I know the mayor's an educator, but do you see how clearly medically he explained that? I like to think <laughs> I do with that, but no. <laughs> no. But yes, the, the Pfizer vaccine right now is hailing a 90% efficacy or effectiveness in preventing someone from becoming infected. Moderna has published that they're 94.5 or 95%. Uh, and, you know, the the proof will be the proof of the pudding will be in the eating. We'll see as we go along. But those are extremely encouraging, encouraging signs that it is worth taking that risk. Remember, there, there's nothing that is 100 percent. So we have to weigh the benefit versus the, the, the potential negative consequences. Right now, we see what the consequences are for our community if we don't have a vaccine. So if we have one that are hailing those type of results, to me, it's clear that we need to be first in line to take it. Uh, people have asked me about, well, what about the side effects? Uh, does it guarantee the immunity? How long would that be? Is it for a month, a year, three years? We don't know. We're so early on. I mean, warp speed means that we're doing things now and putting, putting out vaccines in what's, uh, what's called emergency use authorization. Uh, just to provide the quickest opportunity for us to be safe. So when we weigh positive and negatives, uh, I, I will tell you, I wholeheartedly support our community taking this, this vaccine. It, it's, our, it's the best thing um, in our path at this point in time. And know that there are 170 pharmaceutical companies that are in this race um, and seven leading in the United States. It's just that Pfizer and Moderna are kind of leading the pack in terms of timing at this particular point. You know, I want to talk to you about the messaging here, but first I want to go to Jasmine, who's called us at 844-677-9283. Jasmine, you're on Newark today. What is your question, your comment, or your concern? Thank you for calling. No problem. Good evening to all. Um, I initially had one question, but as we're going along, I now have another question. But my first question is, I live on 7th Avenue between 12th Street and 13th Street. Am I in a curfew area? What's your uh, zip code? 07107. Yes. Yes. It, I, I believe that you are in that area. Okay. And my second question is, I work for a child care center. And I have an eight-year-old who has a compromised immune system. And my job is constantly telling me that it's mandatory for us to come into the building. And one time that I went into the building, we were exposed to someone who had COVID. So if I don't go, am I at jeopardy and losing my job? Well, I, I would say that you call and get some assistance with that. Um, we obviously cannot, we don't, we're not in charge of the, the institution that hired you. We certainly can help with that. Um, there are protocols that we have in place as, in the city in our executive order as well. And you have to, and I'll let Dr. Wade explain contact as well, because some of us, you know, just because somebody is around you doesn't mean that you have contact with them. But um, if, if, if multiple people in your workplace are uh, in fact uh, testing positive, then the workplace should be quarantining people that are around and they should, at least based on our executive order, shut down for 48 hours, allow the building to be deep cleaned before they open up again. That's what they should do. Uh, and, and those people who actually have had contact should indeed quarantine uh, and get themselves tested uh, immediately. And the job should be facilitating that and allowing you the opportunity uh, to keep yourself and your family safe. If they're not doing that, you should report them to us so we can come and investigate. And Jasmine, to, before the, the mayor steps in, is Jasmine still on the line? Yes, I'm still yeah. here. Jasmine, uh, uh, based on what the mayor has described, has anybody at your place of employment done any of these steps that the mayor outlined? Um, some, um, someone did test positive and we were contacted through the department of um, I guess the health department, the health department. We were contacted through the health department, and I did have to quarantine, but 
it was extremely hard because it's just me and my daughter. So I have no one who can help care for her. So it was extremely hard to try to quarantine and still care for her at the same time. Yeah, I think that's a challenge for a lot of uh, a lot of families uh, right now. Uh, Dr. Wade, your thoughts on what Jasmine is describing at that uh, that place of business there? Well, again, it's ultimately up to the business owner. But as the mayor said, uh, an opportunity for us to follow up, talk with the business owners um, to explain the urgency in supporting uh, employees to do the right thing without losing their job. Otherwise, we create an environment where employees will choose to come in if they are at risk and therefore put everyone else at the job site in risk. So it, it has to be a true partnership uh, between health, government, and the private sector. Uh, just secondly, really quickly, if somebody is positive, we call them the index case, okay? The, the positive person. The CDC has put out new guidelines that what we call a contact of a positive person is somebody, if you've been around somebody who's positive for, for a total of 15 minutes in a 24 hour period of time, it could be one minute and then five minutes and then nine minutes. If it adds up to more than 15 minutes, now you're the contact of a positive person and you must get tested and quarantine, stay away from everyone for 14 days. If you are now, you were a contact uh, caller, but now if somebody, one of your friends says, well, I was around her too. So I guess I have to quarantine. In the US, that would, that would be called a contact of a contact. And we are not uh, contact tracing or quarantining contacts of contacts. The focus is the index case and the person who is a contact. So that's why it's important whenever there is a positive case, somebody turns out to be positive, that you call our health department immediately so that our team can do the investigation and really determine who in that circle of influence needs to be isolated, tested and isolated while they wait for their results or quarantine if they're, I'm sorry, isolated if they are um, positive or quarantine if they're awaiting results. We can help you with that. And so please reach out to us. Hey, Jasmine, you still on the line? No, Jasmine is gone. Uh, I want to get to this. Um, uh, uh, we have another caller here who's called 844-677-9283. I want to get to the messaging here, but first I want to hear from Rosalind, who's on the line. Rosalind, you are on Newark today. What is your question, your comment, or your concern? Thank you for calling. Well, thank you for taking my call. Yes. I'm calling to ask, I'm hearing about all the vaccinations and everything, but what about taking vitamins? Vitamin C with zinc and vitamin D3. Dr. Wade, she's talking about prevention. What about that? Okay. Well, great, great question. They, vitamins are okay to take. They, they don't prevent you from uh, being infected with COVID. Uh, but I do want to say this about vitamins because it's a frequent question and a lot of mythology about it. There are two types of vitamin there. Water-soluble vitamins like vitamin C, meaning that once your body has absorbed that which it needs, you're going to urinate it out. So there's a limitless amount of vitamin C you can take in a day. Vitamin D, okay, which is stimulated by the sunlight to our skin, we make vitamin D. That's great. It's important. And we also need to take vitamin D, but that should be only after you've had your vitamin D levels tested because vitamin D is a, is a fat soluble vitamin, meaning that if you take in more than you need, you now develop symptomatology for um, hyper, it's called vitamin, vitamin D-nosis, okay? So you don't want to put yourself in that position just because you've heard that where we should take vitamin D and you end up taking too much and create pathology. You create disease. I, I want to add to that if, if possible, because, you know, the same debate I had with somebody online, uh, you know, people who are of a certain age and who have other ailments, comorbidities, other things, telling them to take vitamins is irresponsible. 
And so we, we have to be careful because they probably, you know, they probably should take vitamins anyway. Like people should take multivitamins and exercise and improve their health anyway. But to tell somebody that's 75 years old that has two or three different comorbidities, high blood pressure, diabetes, and other things in our community, that they would be okay if they just took vitamin C and vitamin D and don't take the vaccine is irresponsible. Because we know that just because you take two uh, doses of vitamin C and vitamin D, it does not provide you with any immunity at all. And so if I push that message to the seniors in my community, I am in essence uh, uh, leading them uh, to a river to be drowned. And, and so it's important that we, we, we caution ourselves uh, when, we get, when we take advice uh, that may be beneficial to us, that we don't give that advice to other people that is completely unscientific. What is what? Uh, give me an idea, if you would, uh, Doctor Wade, Mister Mayor, about the 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 public campaign, the messaging to get people vaccinated in Newark. Because what I'm hearing almost across the board about uh, these the the early first rounds of of vaccines is when you ask, I, I ask my colleagues uh, at work, would you take a vaccine? Would you take this vaccine? And people say, well, not right now. You know, I thinking that thinking is is behind the scenes. I don't want to be a guinea pig. Um, you know, I, I'll take it maybe later on when, it, when I know it's going to be effective and it's going to work and so forth. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I understand it. I remember being on this show. I told you that I was going to take it after Dr. Wade took it. But we're <laughs> surveying people now and the numbers are low, right? The numbers are low. Look, I'm, I'm the mayor of the city. I'm, I'm going to take the vaccine when it comes. I'm going to take it and I'm going to take it publicly. Because I want people, listen, if, it, if, it, if, if there's anything that's uh, adverse and it happens to me, I'd rather, I'd rather take it and allow other people to see uh, how that progresses. And I think it'll be helpful to get people to take the vaccine uh, because they know that I'm probably just as afraid as they are of taking this vaccine, uh, uh, you know, because I, I'm, a, I'm very astute in history and everything else. So I, I, I am just deathly afraid, just like everybody else. But I think that this moment, you know, calls for a collective uh, uh, a sacrifice for, for many of us, uh, you know, to get out of this situation, because God knows I want to get out of this situation. Mr. Mayor, when you say you will take it publicly, what does that mean? That means that I'll, I'll, I'll allow uh, 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 Michael Hill to come, <laughs> to come and ask me some questions about it. But uh, no, just... Just like, you know, let people know, like chronicle the, 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 what I'm doing the day of, when it happens, what's going on, even notes of things that happen the second day, the third day, the fourth day. So people could be, you know, they can, they can see because people are afraid. And this, this you know, this time we're in calls for a, a level of emotional intelligence that you just don't get in school, right? And so you, we, we have to just have some level of empathy other folks and understand that the, the leadership that we have to exhibit now calls for things that we wouldn't even even imagine last year at this time. So you when know? you say that you will take it publicly, does that mean perhaps on the steps of City Hall, on the uh, University I, I, I didn't say I was going to make a spectacle of it. <laughs> what I said is I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it publicly, right? So meaning that, you know, I, when I take it, I'm going to make sure that the people know that I'm taking it and when I'm taking it and where I'm taking it and how that's done, I'll, 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 I'll let them know. And, 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 and if they let me take it with the, the, the batches, because we want to follow the protocol. I don't want to take it if, if I'm not supposed to take it at a specific time. You know, I'll take it when I'm allowed to. Dr. Wade, what do you think of that? On a, on a serious note, that kind of that kind of messaging, that kind of, of leadership on, on an issue like this, when we know that people are, people are reluctant because of the history of vaccines and experimentations with, with Black folk in this country. Yeah, well, uh, what, what the mayor is describing is indeed leadership. 
we have to be the message that we bring. We can't be telling the community to do something and we're unwilling to do it. So when the community sees leadership taking that step, even if it's, even if it's a step of faith, that encourages them and gives them hope that it's the right thing. Secondly, in terms of the messaging, again, most of the resistance, even amongst my own colleagues, you know, national study is that 50% of doctors didn't want to, don't want to take it, is because we don't know the information. And so a big push in the first tranche of our information uh, outreach is to make sure that the community knows what it is, why it is, how it works, okay, what concerns, if any, and, and what makes it worthwhile taking. More information we have, it, it, it puts us in a better position to be less emotional. It doesn't eliminate it. But then when you see your leadership uh, leading, it makes, it makes all the difference. I mean, I'm going to take the vaccine. And I'm going to be in the first wave, in the first tranche. I'm going to do it because I believe in it. And again, you know, I, you know, I was a black study major, uh, minor when I was in college. Okay, I actually studied the mayor's father's work when I was in college. Hmm. So I know the history. But we can't live in the past. Okay, we can't live in the past. And until we get a black CDC and NIH and, and FDA, we have to trust the science and trust those of us who are in a position to appropriately evaluate it for our community. And I would not try to lead our city down a path that the data did not say would be best for us. And Dr. Wade, would you take it publicly as the mayor too? Not, I mean, on the steps of University Hospital or the steps of the, of the health department, chronicle it as well? Yeah, absolutely. Again, not to be a spectacle, but to, so that the message goes forth. Absolutely. Uh, Felicia from Newark has called Newark Today at 844-677-9283. Felicia, thank you for calling. You're on Newark Today. What is your question, your comment, or your concern? Good evening. My question is for um, Dr. Wade. Um, what is the uh, turnaround time for the residents in Newark to receive their um, test results, and if they haven't received their test results, because I've been receiving a lot of phone calls about this, where can they call to get their um, results? Okay, uh, for, I'll work backwards. Firstly, you can call the health department, okay? And what's the time frame? Uh, it, it varies with the various labs that are doing the testing. Our goal is to have a turnaround time for positive results within between 24 and 72 hours, one to three days, okay? Uh, when it goes beyond that, we know it's too long and we're working to improve that time frame to shorten it. But if you've taken, because all of the positive results will end up in the health department because they're put by the lab, into, a, into the state computer system that we have access to, but we're gonna improve the ability of the laboratories and uh, now working with the health department because we're gonna bring on some medical folk to help with those calls. Uh, know that, you know, uh, and, and it's, it's not an excuse, it's a reason for why we now have to bring on me more medical personnel. You know, back in August when we were having single digits in 10, 11 positive cases, no problem in, in making those calls, you know, but now that we're between two and 300 cases a day, it's more volume, which means we need more resource. So the mayor actually um, uh, directed us to, to bring on more help, 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 as well as health personnel to get not only the positive, but the negative case calls to our population. And we will do it. Mr. Mayor, you talked about surveying people now about the vaccine. Who are you surveying, surveying and what are some of the results? Well, we're surveying internally uh, the first group of people that are supposed to get it, healthcare officials, workers, and first responders. Uh, I, I would say it's about half, the, the, uh, you know, close to half of the folks uh, are saying they are going to do it in the first responders uh, and, and, and uh, you know, some of the, the other half saying no. So, I would say it's almost half and half. Now, Dr. Wade says he's going to deliver a draft to you tomorrow. Will you release that to, to the public tomorrow? 
No, not tomorrow. We it's it's a draft. We have to uh, uh, make some corrections. Think uh, think it through uh, and tighten it up to to it when it becomes a real document. Then we'll release that uh, when when we're ready for it to be uh, public. Will you give us any information? Release any details tomorrow? This is the, the news report. I mean, not the show host. I, I know it is, brother. I'm here. I'm trying. I we, we, no, we can't do that tomorrow. This is a first step. Yeah. In fact, most of the questions as a reporter, you probably at, will be asking the CDC and, and, the, and the state haven't even provided those answers for us or the hospital. So we just, we're, we're starting, we're putting our skeleton together. We're putting a framework together and we will continue to fill in the blanks as we get more information. Mr. Mayor, you, you have uh, you're working with the mayors of Orange, East Orange, and Irvington to try to coordinate something. Yeah, you know we we did that before. We, we're going to do it again. I've also communicated to the mayor of Elizabeth, the mayor of uh, Belleville, the mayor of Harrison. We've communicated to all these people because because you know whatever we do in Newark, we don't want people to leave Newark and go there and do what they're doing in those cities uh, because it almost defeats the purpose. And not everybody in Newark does that, but those who do help continue the spread of the virus. And so we need to make sure, and especially the cities you mentioned, because we have relatives in all of these cities, you know, Newark, Irvington, East Orange, and Orange is like one giant city anyway. You know, we're at a special time of the year when, when we become more aware of hunger in our society, especially around Thanksgiving. And I know that you are doing a 6,000 turkey giveaway on Monday. How is that going to proceed? How is that going to take place? And you have a lot of partners who are helping the city out with this. Yeah, so we, we've identified a whole lot of spaces. Before, we would just have it at JFK and make everybody come down to one big thing. Obviously, we can't do that. So we probably have at least five or six separate sites in every ward. And uh, they have to grab and go. People are going to come there and, and it helps us bring the numbers down. So there's not a lot of folks Listen, we gave out over 3 million meals. If, if you saw the line today at Newark Emergency Services that went from there all the way down the street to the federal building, uh, people are suffering right now. You know, they're struggling. They need food. They need to find a way to pay their rent. That's why I always tell people on the live that we just have to be thankful. We're arguing with the folks because we're asking them to close their business down for two hours. Uh, and they should be really grateful that they're not in that line at, on Broad Street at Newark Emergency Services asking for food. You know, uh, some of these people make a, a huge sum of money a year and I know they're taking a hit. And I know that uh, those restaurants and businesses and all these people are taking a hit. But you know, every day they should be grateful and thankful uh, that, that we don't have to deliver food to their house. You said that there, there are turkey giveaways in all of the wards at, at multiple sites. How can people find out where to go? Well, you know, it's, it's on our website and it is, and, and you can go to us, our Facebook page, City of Newark Facebook page. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I say it on a live. I, I said it yesterday. I'm going to say it again tomorrow, uh, give the information out. And that replays over and over and over again on Channel 78 as well, or our Facebook live. So you can get that information. What, what's the testing like right now in, in the city, Dr. Wade? Are you still doing a lot of testing? We're doing a tremendous amount of testing. Uh, it's under the direction of uh, Deputy Director of Public Safety, uh, Raul Malave, doing a fantastic job. And, and we're testing now between, between 1,500 and 2,200 tests a day uh, and closer to that 2,000 mark on a daily basis. So it's a, it's a lot of people now who are coming out to get tested. Uh, we're having upwards of 20 different testing operations throughout the city. So there is not a reason for an individual not to get tested. The opportunities are there and people are responding and it's going to increase and we're going to increase the amount of testing that we're doing. Helps us to know actually where the virus is, where people who are asymptomatically positive so we can respond accordingly. Some of the preventive measures the city is undertaking is uh, long-term care inspections. And I'm curious about that is uh, how many facilities are we talking about, Dr. Wade, in the city of Newark that are considered long-term care and how many inspections are being done? Are they being done on a weekly basis or, or would you describe them? Sure, we have five long-term care facilities. 
Um, two levels of, ins of inspection. One is, is headed up by uh, the uh, director of Pat Council uh, for Recreation Senior Services. Um, he evaluate, he works with the staffs there, evaluates uh, and oversees, you know, if they're cleaning, uh, if the staff is appropriate with what they're doing. So that's one level of inspection. That's done at a minimum weekly uh, and probably more frequently. And then the health department uh, does another level of inspection and we utilize Rutgers University uh, uh, Department of Preventative Medicine and those doctors who are residents in those pro in that program uh, are assigned to the five long-term care facilities. And we go through the protocols with them, re review their policies, uh, make sure that they're submitting their documents on time and they're adhering to the state and local guidelines that we put in place. So there's a lot of oversight uh, for those five facilities. Uh, uh, quickly, Dr. Wood, if you would, when you do these inspections, what are you looking for? Well, we're one looking I'll start with the help now flip, start with the health department side. We wanna make sure that their, uh, their policies and procedure for uh, testing, isolation and quarantining, uh, visitation, and what they do with their results line up with the state protocols, which are also our protocols. And we as a health department have a responsibility that they make sure that they are in line. So for example, if they, if, if we find out that there is, is one, two, five positive cases, then we work with them to see what they're doing in response. Did you isolate? Did you quarantine those persons? Did you put them in a separate wing? Did you restrict visitation, et cetera? Right. Uh, then on the other hand, uh, my colleague, uh, uh, Patrick Council, uh, again, works more with the, the staff and inspection of the facilities, make sure signage is up, uh, and so together we have a comprehensive uh, approach. And uh, again, great. I want to. We have to end it there. I'm sorry to have to cut you off, sir, but thank you very much. I want to thank Dr. Wade. Also, want to thank the Honorable Mayor of Newark, Raz Baraka, for joining us once again in this virtual setting as we've been discussing here on Newark today what's been taking place in the city of Newark with the coronavirus. Also, want to thank our crew here: Corey Goldberg, Chris Tubin, Alexandra Hill, and Doug Doyle. I'm your host, Michael Hill of NJ Spotlight News, and this is WBGO Newark. Thank you.